We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Welcome to the Sunday night, start of the week, really. It's always a little sluggish to start the week. I know, it's weird. You, you get in and you think, oh, Sunday's easy. No, not really. But it is open to you. If you want to call in, we're live for the next couple of hours at 314-436-7900. You can call or text that line. I know our uh, signal reaches all across the United States. That means you can call us from St. Louis. You can call us from Nashville. You can call us from Ohio or Michigan or anywhere. 314 is the area code. Or you can call the 800-925-1120. And what we're looking at is the potential of another stimulus. But the other part of the potential is that there has to be some give and take. I don't even think they've spent all of the last stimulus money. No, they haven't because this money that's still going out, there's still the unemployment benefits. Some people still haven't received whatever the uh, stimulus, the individual portion of it would be. And they're already looking to up the money yet again. And I think that some of these senators get together and they say, okay, we got to be careful because if you're just going to toss, toss, toss money out, like you're throwing confetti, then are we overdoing it? Are, do we really need to? Can we really afford to? Uh, not really. Uh, not so much. Not so much. And that's where senators got together. I saw this one story, and it's all over the place. They call it 10 Republican senators. I thought it was originally eight, then they upped it to 10. And then they got together, led by Susan Collins of Maine, said that Democrats will look at the process, budget reconsolidation, uh, reconciliation, excuse me, and would uh, potentially enable Democrats to approve the plan without any Republican support. So they're just going to try to do it and push it through anyway. What was trending earlier today was the hashtag Biden lied. I got curious about that. Why is the hashtag Biden lied on Twitter? And it's because people are upset because they said, hey, you would be in office and you would <laughs> give us the, that stimulus money, man. Give us that stimulus money. And you know what ended up happening? They got upset, what, 11 days in, <laughs> 11 days in, and there's nothing on it. And keep this in mind, too. You want to talk about priorities of the Biden administration. Go ahead and sign as many executive orders as you can and then start another impeachment trial. Tie everything up for a while. Do you really think something's going to get done between now and then? Uh, unlikely. So you're even looking at some weeks down the line. Even if 
President Biden says, I want to talk to Republicans and we want to work something out. We don't actually have to go to the process of bringing it all together. And we, you know, we actually will try. And this is what they do. They like put their hand behind their back when they say they'll try bipartisan support and they cross their fingers, indicating that's a lie. <laughs> and that's it. That's just how the game is being played. So it's uh, one of the latest things. Uh, Senator Schumer pushed back at the GOP who, who wanted to only spend about six hundred billion in the next proposal. And they said, oh, that's not enough. Chuck Schumer said that's not enough, Gossach. And then mostly they want to try to cut some of these things out of the budget that are benefiting places that have been irresponsible with their money to begin with. And then really trying to figure out you can't just throw money recklessly at everything. And then that's the right thing to do. Like on Fox News today, uh, Senator Bill Cassidy was talking about it. Ours is about $600 billion. And as opposed to the extraneous things, which Mr. Bernstein kind of tried to glide over, we are very targeted. We're targeted to the needs of the American people, treating our tax dollars as if there are tax dollars, not just money to spend, and putting it where we need to come out of the pandemic. Now, we think there's a lot here to work for, uh, to work with. We hope we finally start getting that bipartisan and with the White House negotiation. So far, we've not received it. Yeah, no, uh, they're not really interested in bipartisan. Why makes you think they're interested in bipartisanship? Not even a thing. For the longest time, you know, it, look at the two differences in how the two administrations handled it. So you had Donald Trump who said, hey, Republicans and Democrats, work it out, figure it out get this done and what ends up happening they got the first stimulus done quickly second one took forever because they were still going through the funds of all that money but eventually they were able to do it and they finally got it through so it was hey republicans democrats you got to come up with a deal now it's joe biden in office and everyone's yelling and screaming why don't you just do it on your own forget about working with each other do whatever you want as fast as you can and as much money as you possibly can if you were to actually look at the money that's going out and would it disgust you knowing where some of that money went or would it not even matter because they would just throw this money up in your face and that would be the end of that? You would probably think, oh, yeah, you know, what? as long as I get my money, then it doesn't matter if we're spend, spending, uh, you know, 500 million for another foreign country to give them something, you know, 250 uh, billion here for something that we just gave 250 billion for. Uh, they didn't even ask for it, but we're just going to give it anyway because we think that's necessary. It'd probably make you sick if you looked at the way these things broke down. Here's a little bit more from Senator Bill Cassidy. Give me the biggest ticket items that you would include from the president's package and the couple of bigger items that you would exclude. So that's Chris Wallace. So we have $160 billion. We match his figure when it comes to vaccination uh, to increase capacity to make more vaccine more quickly, as well as to adapt to these variants which are coming across. One area that we decrease, he has $170 billion for schools. Now, we've already given schools 110% of what they, what they usually receive from the federal government. Parochial schools have opened with a fraction of that money. Charter schools are open. The real problem is public schools. That issue is not money. That issue is teachers unions telling their teachers not to go to work. And putting $170 billion 
uh, towards teachers unions priorities. Uh, it takes care of a Democratic constituency group, but it wastes our federal taxpayer dollars for something which is not the problem. We have 20 billion to get kids back to school on top of the roughly 66 billion, which is on top of the 57 billion schools normally get. We can get kids back to school without, you know, kind of bailing out the teachers unions. Boom. There goes the dynamite. It's funny because certain districts, even here in St. Louis, love the idea of getting back to class as fast as you can. And that's what they would prefer. Other districts don't like it. Sometimes the superintendent would like it and sometimes the school board wouldn't like it. And it goes back and forth. Some places are even opening up. Some places are just now opening up. Some places never opened up. It's such a wide crapshoot right now when it comes to them. 314-436-7900. There was a text message that said, don't do another stimulus. We can't add debt. Uh, just do a real stimulus. Open everything up. That's really what it's all about. Do another stimulus. It's the stimulus of allowing people to make it on their own. Don't impede them. Don't try to get in their way. Don't discourage them. Don't make it impossible for them to make a living. What are we doing at the start of this administration? What we're, what we're doing is finding that it's not a job-friendly president. It's more of an um, activist-friendly president. And if you want to look at just how difficult it is, and if you want to be able to provide for your family, let me put it this way. You might be able to get a little extra federal funding in your paycheck as you file for unemployment, a little supplemental. That's not going to last forever. They're not going to be able to do this forever. Unless they try to push some sort of universal basic income, it ain't going to last forever. And then what's going to happen? You're going to be in the same situation where the money runs dry and you're not going to be able to find a job because they discouraged it to begin with. Maybe the best thing you could do is try to get things going. Now, look at the, again, look at the way that COVID spread. When you look at the statistics, it's a lot through family gatherings, friends, family gatherings, people getting together in large groups, things like that. What you're not seeing spreading is at schools and churches and such. Why? Because when you go into those buildings, you're finding that when you use the precautions, it's pretty effective. I think that you can replicate that uh, just like the restaurant business has been able to adapt in order to try to keep themselves above board, uh, across the board with a lot of other things, and rightfully so. I think businesses should be given that opportunity as opposed to being hindered. One more clip from Fox News Sunday. I'm going to have to do that after the break. The individual check portion. What would the Republican plan do for that individual check portion? Would they cut it all together? Would they give you more? Would they give you less? Uh, we'll talk about that right after the break. And a couple of other things I wanted to get to also, there's this one story that is just horrific out of St. Peter's father dying in the parking lot of a hospital. That story, you read that and you think, I cannot believe this happened. Uh, we'll talk about that too coming up on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. So Overnight America... I'm Ryan Recker. You can find me on Facebook where we did a video earlier. Ryan Recker Radio is where you find it. And thanks for the uh, text messages. That's very nice. But you can also call in. There's one last clip from Fox News Sunday I was going to play about the individual check portion of another stimulus. Let's take a listen. President calling for $1,400 paychecks for everybody who makes $75,000 a year or less. Does that stay or not? Yes, sir. 
Ours is targeted. We have $1,000 and it begins to phase out. If you notice, there's been very good analysis that above a certain income level, that money's not spent. Now, it may pay down debt, and we've seen credit card delinquency go down, mortgage delinquency go down, savings rates go up. But that doesn't stimulate the economy. It's good, but it doesn't stimulate the economy. Our money goes to that income level where we know it will stimulate the economy, and theoretically, that's what they actually want. Ooh, so if the idea is to stimulate the economy, and the idea is, too, that you are going to get some money to make up on lost wages or opportunities, and that would be used to keep you off of the streets. You know, here's a little bit for your back rent. Here's a little bit for your mortgage. Here's a little bit for your car. Here's a little bit for whatever. Um, then what do you there's no way you could go across the board and say, well, we're going to force you to use this responsibly or alternatively how they would prefer it we're going to force you to go out and spend this i think it was mark cuban who's the owner of the dallas mavericks the billionaire that's on shark tank and such pretty outspoken activist type of guy um you know it doesn't seem like a bad dude by any means but he said that what they should be doing and this was back a while ago last year they should just give you credits to travel and take a vacation so that would essentially force you to go out and spend it as opposed to save it. I'm more of a saver. And I think a lot of people kind of get into that saving and hoarding and packing mentality. And it's probably not a bad idea because most people don't save anyway. Remember when there was a run on toilet paper and no one thought that uh, the day would come where they would be able to get more. And then they were starting to wonder, well, do I, do I buy the newspaper and save it? Is that flushable? Is And you go online to Google, can you flush used newspaper down the toilet? And people are, or next time you go to the store, instead of getting plastic bags, you're asking for paper bags. You know, everyone's coming up with alternate things there. Um, I think that type of mentality got more and more people interested in trying to save things. And maybe they thought, well, uh, things are a little bit rough. If you're living in the county, is Sam Page going to close me down? So I'm going to need that money later. Uh, am I going to lose my livelihood because of Sam Page? You know, people are wondering those things more across the country. Are they going to do another shutdown, a complete shutdown like they did last year for a, a short period of time and for a while there? Uh, just because they said, what, two weeks to keep the curve down or whatever the thing was that ended up lasting forever indefinitely. So are they going to try to pull one of these, a nationwide shutdown? And Joe Biden's threatened to do that, too. I don't know if the experts are calling for that or if that it even matters at this point, but it should be scary for a lot of people. So what do you think is going to happen when you plop down a couple thousand dollars and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you know, I'm good right now on my mortgage, but I'd hate to lose the house because the government decides to shut things down again. So maybe I put this aside just in case I need to pay a few months. And what's wrong with saving it to begin with? Honestly, what's wrong with having a little bit put aside in an account that you need for a rainy day? Because there's a lot of rainy days lately. You know how bad this weekend? There was rain all the time. By the way, on Saturday, when it wouldn't stop raining here in St. Louis, I had to walk outside with my dog with an umbrella to get the dog to go outside and use the bathroom. Because what would happen is the dog would cry and complain. I'd let the dog outside. It would take two steps and turn back around because it hated the rain. It didn't come in and cry because it needs to use the bathroom. So my wife said, just go out there with the umbrella. In this analogy, in this analogy, you're the dog and these stimulus checks. That's the umbrella. It's uh holding you out of the rain for just a moment, <laughs> but it's not going to help. It's not going to stop the rain. 
really what needs to be done is the government needs to uh, stop the rain and they're artificially keeping that rain going for longer than it needs to. That was on Fox News Sunday, by the way, with Chris Wallace from earlier today. And I know a lot of people are keeping an eye out in what exactly should happen there. Who knows what? But doesn't look like they're going to be pushing for 1400. And I think that'll get a lot of people online talking again. A lot of people that voted for Joe Biden who felt like, oh, yeah, he promised me that he would get that. Oh, I'd vote for him. I'd do this. I was in those battleground states. And who knows if they've done even more. You know what I mean? But that's the battleground states. They, they're going out there and they're doing everything they can because the promise of being able to get extra money, kind of like the uh, Obama administration years where it was the, uh, you know, it's hard to beat Santa Claus philosophy. He's just going to give me everything I want. I'm going to remember the old classic interview. Oh, it was it was great. I think it was in Cleveland. Obama's going to pay for my phone. He's going to pay for my house. He's going to pay for my groceries. I, I don't ever have to work again. <laughs> That was the that was what they put into people's minds, that kind of garbage. And how did that pan out? They pulled that same thing with Joe Biden. So he's out there signing executive orders uh, as fast as he possibly can. I mean, it's like he's it's almost like people are asking for his autograph. He's sitting there at a table and there's just a long line of people waiting. And they just put a paper in front of him. He signs it and moves on. Put a paper in front, signs it and moves on over and over and over again. That's where we're at man, all these executive orders, it's hard to keep track of them anymore because they're just flying by. So what's going to happen here? Are they going to find bipartisan support? Um, I think during the news there was CBS. They mentioned that Joe Biden was going to meet with some Republicans. Does that mean anything? Probably not. If, if it's going to be a Chuck Schumer situation where he decides, oh, we're just going to go through with it anyway. Eh, we're just going to kind of do our thing. Eh, we're going to be able to get this as part of uh, reconciliation with the budget. Ah, we're just going to be able to get it all there. No, nope, No big deal. What you're going to see is more things trending online when people start to wake up that maybe Biden didn't actually lead you in the right direction. Maybe he led you on a little bit. <laughs> We're sitting here watching this, shaking our head and thinking, please don't let it be bad. I mean, if it's stuff like this where people are upset about him, that's one thing. But if he starts turning everything else around in a way that um, it's, it's even worse and it's it's all in uh, signs point to him trying to undo some of the great progress and things that happened during the Trump administration. I mean, it's very concerning. You know, best thing we can do is just hope that the Bernie crowd comes back out and realizes that when they don't get their free everything, maybe it's time for them to start settling in a different direction. That's my hope. All right, so when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what happened in St. Peter's and what a terrible, terrible, horrifying situation that I hope none of you will ever be in with a loved one. That is at, uh, I think that's Barnes over in St. Peter's where this happened. It's just so terrible and horrific. We're going to talk about that coming up after the break on Overnight America, KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America's live up until 2 o'clock, so we got some time. The story's over at KMOX.com. Oh, man, this is a bad one, too. My son died because of COVID isolation over in Illinois. We're going to talk about that. Do you see that there's some changes to the St. Louis County restaurant restrictions? Sam Page spoke today. Let's see. We must have more shots in arms before we can think about making substantive changes to our health protocols. However, we are ready to make one change. After consulting with our restaurant advisory group, 
which helped us shape the guidelines allowing restaurants to reopen at 25% earlier this month. We are extending curfew at restaurants, bars, and banquet centers to 11 p.m. from 10 p.m. We believe the proper measures are in place at these businesses to allow them to stay open a bit longer. Our restaurant owners say this will significantly increase their reservation capacity and make it easier for them to recover from this pandemic. The turkey change goes into effect tomorrow at 6 a.m. Man, it's hard to listen to this. He's got to be the least charismatic politician ever. He almost sounds like when the National Weather Service would put together their automated robot alerts. It's, it's similar to that. The turkey change goes into effect tomorrow at 6 a.m. We appreciate continued input from our advisory groups and helping us look at ways to gradually reopen our community while protecting employees and customers. But don't worry, we won't put any restrictions on the casino because obviously you can't catch COVID. <laughs> At the casino. <laughs> oh, man. What did he think was going to happen? Did he think that if he were to just do this, all restaurant owners and businesses would say, oh, he's not that bad of a guy like Rodney Dangerfield? No, oh, he's not so bad. You think that's what was going to happen or they're going to throw a parade for Sam Page? <laughs> yay, they let me open an hour later. Woo, yay, thanks for all the res other restrictions that you won't lift. So ridiculous. Yeah, they're going to it's going to be Sam Page Day. Restaurant owners are going to petition to make sure that they name a day after him because they are so relieved that he left all the other restrictions in place. And then they'll push it back an hour because that makes the night and day difference. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's funny because they try to put the impression that, oh, we consulted with all the experts. But not really, because when you talk to the experts, you start to see places like St. Louis finding different conclusions and surrounding counties in St. Charles finding different conclusions. So I don't know. You're not doing that. There's people are wondering and they they know what's up. They're not liking it. I saw this over on KMOV's website. St. Peter's father dies in hospital parking lot after family says hospital refused treatment. This is a young guy, 39 years old, married, three kids. It's just so sad to hear this story. And I got to tell you, it's going to make you depressed. and It's going to make you angry. And it's going to make you wonder why in the world did something like this happen? And it starts with his wife, who's telling the story to KMOV. We went because... It was close. It's a decision Sadie Bell says she regrets. I know I can't blame myself, but I wish I would have took them somewhere else. I just turned 38. Her husband, David Bell, died in the parking lot at the Barnes Jewish St. Peter's Hospital after he'd been complaining about severe chest pain. He would give his last to anybody. I felt like what he was going through was urgent. And that's what I thought emergency rooms were for. The week. Yeah, let me just stop here for a minute. Not that I spent a lot of time at doctor's offices, not that I spent a lot of time at all, because uh, I'm relatively healthy. I don't really have a lot of issues, uh, luckily for us. But I got to say this real quick. When it comes to anything medical, if I've had to do the dial-a-nurse services that you know insurance companies offer, or if you've gone into like a quick clinic or walk-in clinic, one of those small hey, just walk in, show them your uh, insurance, and we'll get you in quick and in and out type of deal without seeing like a primary doctor or a hospital. Those things are convenient. 
what ends up happening? You take a survey and they always ask, do you have chest pain? You know what happens if you do? They say you should go to the hospital immediately. They don't mess with you, man. Uh, these type of places, they don't play around. When they, If you have tightness in your chest or you're having pains in your chest, they don't say, oh, you'll be able to walk it off. No, they tell you, they encourage you and say, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. Really terrible. So she did exactly what she was supposed to. Exactly. The weekend of January 8th, she took David to the ER twice. Both times, she says, medical staff refused to admit the 39-year-old father of three, only prescribing him ibuprofen and diagnosing him with an inflamed heart. Bell went a third time, but this time, while at work, it was a fellow employee at Central County Fire and Rescue who took him. Sadie Bell says... This is ridiculous. So he's going to the hospital. He knows something's wrong. He's already told them something's wrong. And they said, oh, take some ibuprofen. He goes back a second time. He's saying, this ain't working, man. I'm still, this is bad. They tell him to go back. Oh, keep going. Keep getting ibuprofen for this chest pain? This don't make, this don't add up. You know, and it goes for a third time. He's like, this is, no, no, no. This is not happening. I got to see a doctor. You got to get me tested because this ain't working. And he knows the urgency with something like this. He's just not going there because it's fun. I don't know about you, but, you know, when you were a kid, your parents take you around and they said, okay, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And you all said, to the hospital. Oh, dad says, oh, man, all the times when I used to bundle the kids up and we just head to the hospital for fun. Oh, we used to spend a whole day there. Oh, they used to laugh and play and, oh, they'd want to go back again. Forget about going to Disney. Forget about driving to Legoland. Just take your kids to the hospital for a uh, for a trip. And you know what? You'll save all that money and they'll have just the same amount of fun. No, never. No one goes to the hospital for fun. You think he was just going? There? No, of course not. This, again, does not add up. And I listened to the story of this woman who I 100% believe, 100% believe. And I look at this and say, how in the world can Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Peter's justify what happened here? Or how can they find an excuse that will make me say, oh, yeah, no, that's OK. I, I get it now. I see the other side. I just don't know if there is another side to this that will make me say, oh, no, she, she's wrong because there's nothing there. Sadie Bell says the employee became concerned after David started having breathing problems. I got him. I said, what hospital did you take him to? He said, I went on and took him back to Barnes Jewish because I know that's where y'all have been going. I said, oh, I just wish you wouldn't have took him there. He said, well, why not? And I said, because every time that we have taken him, all they did was give him ibuprofen and send him home. And I really think they're missing something. When Belle got to the hospital, she says her husband was sitting outside in a wheelchair. Oh, my goodness. He's having chest pains. He knows something's not up. He knows he can't get up. And they make him sit outside. What day was this? Let me go to KMOV's story. Day three, January 8th. All right. I'm trying to remember. So January 8th was a couple of Fridays ago. Well, I can tell you, it wasn't summer. He's sitting out there in the cold chest pains. I'm sure that doesn't help. And just sitting there thinking to himself, I got to get some help. I can't. My wife's got to get here. We got to get to another hospital. All he's doing is thinking about his family. He's thinking about his kids. He's thinking about, I got to be there for him. We got to get to another hospital. And I was just turned away 
from this one. And he's probably someone that's thinking, I have enough time. I can do this. What an inconvenience this is. Little does he know. Little does he know that that turn away was going to cost him his life. After begging doctors to run tests and admit him, she says they refused. He said, well, ma'am, he's already been here twice for the same thing. And we already diagnosed him. Fed up, they decided to go to another hospital. But then we got halfway to the car. And he said, oh, Sadie. And I said, baby, what's wrong? And I started running and screaming, help me, please help me. His arm went up, his eyes went up by his head. And he slumped down. And I already knew. I knew when he needed the help, they didn't help him. Oh. Oh. The story's gone national. I saw all kinds of other news agencies reporting it because I Googled his name. I wanted to see what was out there. And national sites are, are looking at this. And no one could quite understand. And later in the KMOV story, they say they reached for comment at, for uh, Barnes Jewish. And they said, well, we can't talk about it. <sighs> and you see the videos, him sitting there with his kids and his daughters. And they're all wearing matching outfits. They're together and they're a happy family. Family photo day with the matching outfits. Professionally done photos. There's a GoFundMe account that was put together. And I'm glad to see that there are a lot of people that are donating. Mostly because there's a lot of costs associated with losing someone. And I look at that. $46,000 raised so far is nothing uh, compared to the life that was lost. But I got to imagine with what happened at Barnes Jewish in St. Peter's. I got to believe this ain't the end of what you're going to hear from them. And rightfully so. This just is too much, too much. Uh, I, it just, it breaks my heart really does. One person texted an ibuprofen won't touch COVID. Well, he was tested for COVID negative. So he have COVID at the time. Uh, that's not a factor in this one. Uh, here's another text message about Josh Hawley. That's interesting too. Government is trying to control us. Yeah. Isn't that really, isn't that sad when the main feature that the government is trying to impose is just uh, control over you? That's scary to me. <laughs> that's their number one priority is to try to get control over you. Thank you for that text message. Uh, 314-436-7900. Uh, another story here, too, about a mom in Illinois not too happy with the restrictions and what she says put her son in a downward spiral. And in Philadelphia, there's this scandal about vaccinations and who's administering them. It's pretty terrible, too. We're going to get to all of that coming up right after the break. It's Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Welcome back. It's Overnight America. Yeah, there's been all kinds of different stories that hit, and all of which have been depressing. I think the only good story that came out of the weekend had to do with the Cardinals and the resignings and the trades. And then maybe we'll talk about that later in the show. But this Cardinal season is going to be exciting. What a great year for them. I mean, it's looking really good. I know a lot of you are going to be here in the games here on KMOX. And it's going to be sounding great. 
Uh, hopefully, Mike Shannon in his last season will get to go out with a big championship. Wouldn't that be something? 314-436-7900. Let's go to uh, Terry, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. 314-436-7900. Terry, are you there? Uh-oh. See, I hear you listening to it in the background there, Terry. So you might want to turn that radio down. You should monitor on the oh, phone. I'm, no, I'm going in the other room. Okay. I'm, I'm here. All right, Terry, what's going on? Are you there? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Hey, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, I just, there, um, can I want to comment real quick on a couple of things. Son, just a real quick, but then I want to touch on something else. You, uh, oh gosh, hold on. I have to turn this other radio down. We have you on everywhere. How hold many on. radios do you have at your place going at any given two. time? Two, two, two radios. I have Anywhere one in my bedroom and I have one in my kitchen. This is great. And I, and I, and the only station we listen to and we're, and we're not even, we're 50. I mean, that's not that he, well, he's a little older, but we only listen to Cam Wex, but we only wait for your, like the most excited that we are is, is literally every night. Like we're like, Oh, we can't, for eight, we can't wait for eight o'clock to come around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you. So tonight we, we were like, we thought you were going to be on at eight and well, you didn't come on till later, but anyway. So yeah, Sundays are weird like that. It's like at eleven o'clock. The late Sunday starts. It's it's it is what it is. But you know, the rest of the week it's well, eight o'clock. We were so excited because we were like, oh, I, I told him. I said he must have been sick or he must have had something going on, and then he had to, you know, we I don't know. So anyway, so we were so excited to hear that you were coming on. So, but what I wanted to comment on real quick is. Um, quite a few things, but the, the one thing was um, the bar, BJC thing. Um, mm-hmm. I experienced, uh, and I'm I'm lucky to be alive, to be quite honest, because I don't know if you, I know you know, I'm like out of breath because I'm like so excited that I got all of you. Um, I, I was, when I was living homeless, I was, I was out there, when I, I got very, very sick. And, um, and I knew I knew, and and like you said, that guy knew something was wrong with him. He knew, you know, your body. And I and I was I couldn't walk, and I kept falling out, falling out, walking down the street. So I finally made it to the Metrolink. I got on the Metrolink, got off at Central West, or I believe it was Central West End, and it was either Central. It was where Barnes is. Mm-hmm. It was either Barn? It was ever? Was it Delmar or Central West End? I'm not sure, but go ahead. But anyway, so I got off the train and I, and I, and I fell out. I couldn't walk. It was Barnes. It was, it was, no, what was the exit? Delmar? Well, that's okay. That's Central not, West End. That's, that's okay. But so you, well, you get there is. and you, so what happens no. when you get there? No, it's before I even get there. So I, I got off the Metrolink and I, and I, I literally fell out in the street or like in the park, you know, right after I got off the steps and stuff and all the security guards came over and threatened to arrest me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm very sick. So, okay. So finally they, they, they did not arrest me. They ended up, I begged them for an ambulance because I couldn't even make it across the street. They, they called me an ambulance 
and I got to the to the hospital. They did admit me and checked me out, and the doctors came. And because of my past, because of my history, that's just me. Mm. You know, I don't know what anybody else experiences, but, and I I do believe that. And he said, we're going to send you home. You're fine. Mm. Well, come to find out, I had to have two blood transfusions. Oh, wow. And had I, yeah, I mean, literal, like, like, I mean, so... He he was ready to send me on my way and said, you're fine, you know, and. Well, how did you uh, get a second opinion when you're homeless? Did you just go to another hospital or what happens? No, I just went to that hospital. I mean, no, I, I mean, there was no time for, I was, I was falling out. I was my, my, I was my, um, I was so anemic that. My blood, you know, I was so low. I was ready to literally die. Had he sent me home, so I how did I you get treatment here. then? Like, if they said you should go home, how did you end up getting treatment? What did they? How did they uh, change that? One hour later, because they did all kinds of. They did some blood. They did finally do some blood. Oh, stuff. they did test. Okay. They yeah. did test, but I'm saying, if I didn't, but I, but I had to, I had to push for that, and I told mm. him I'm not well. I'm not well. He was, They weren't going to do anything. Mm. So he finally came back and said, I'm sorry. No, you have to stay in. And I had to have two bags of, you know, two, two, two transfusions. Wow. And be in the hospital for several days. But, but I guess, I mean, I was the fortunate one because they finally, because I pushed for it and I made, but I mean, and I, and I was telling them that, that, that what, what I wasn't feeling was right. And, what this person was feeling at BJC, going back to that person, they knew they weren't feeling well. Oh yeah. His wife knew he, that he wasn't right, and they and I agree with you one hundred, one thousand percent that they were in the wrong, and they're going to yeah. pay for it. So yeah, all right. That's well, not that she's she's paying for it. That's that, that regardless of all that, she's she's the one terrible. that's going to suffer you know thank you for sharing that yeah thanks terry for calling in oh man i i the woman that told the story to kmov the wife who is telling this story i believe her fully and i i keep hearing this and keep thinking about it and think man you know what if that was my wife trying to take me there and i knew something was wrong i'm a healthy guy and if it gets to the point where I feel something like, oh boy, this is, I know something's up and I'm refused. <sighs> I, I just, I think about leaving behind my kids. I think about leaving my wife behind all because the due diligence wasn't there. It just, it scares me. It's just, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. And th- there's a couple of other instances too. And I was reading uh, this one story over on KMOX.com. You can find it on our website right now said, my son died because of COVID isolation. Illinois mother whose son committed suicide is now suing Governor Pritzker. And it's just a terrible thing, too. Lisa uh, Mara Moore believes 100% that the COVID-19 restrictions in Illinois that prevented her son from participating in high school sports caused him to kill himself in October. Uh, That's why she and parents of three other student athletes are suing Governor Pritzker, possibly going through all kinds of things as a family. This is tough because you look at them and think, man, before this, before this, this was never 
on the radar, nor did we even get even the slightest indication that this was a possibility. It says Trevor committed suicide on October 21st, uh, approximate cause of which was Governor Pritzker's restrictions on high school sports programs. And you may think, no, there's no way a sports program could do this to someone. There's no way this or that. I want to read you this one quick quote from the Toronto Star. It's a publication, of course. I think you can guess where it's at. And the Dr. Ashamala is the head of surgery at Sunnybrook Health Sciences, one of the frontline workers who's been out there doing all kinds of things. And this is what he said the parallel existence when it comes to kids at high school and sports. This is what he said. And I'm going to read this. And this is going to hit home for a lot of people. If you got a kid in doing high school sports, here's this quote. You don't have to get the virus to suffer from it. Just being told you're not important, you're not essential, you're not needed. Sit over there for a couple of years while we sort this out. That's enough to feel empty. For high-performance people, for high-performance athletes, high-performance coaches, that's enough to take away part of who you are, and that's dangerous. And it's just as dangerous as this virus. I 100% agree. In the county, when Sam Page was shutting things down and cutting high school sports and not allowing these things to happen, there were groups of parents that got together and sued in order to try to get it back. You weren't going to get that time back. If you're a senior in high school, you're taking away something that's very important to a lot of these young adults. You're taking away something that is a big part of who they are and what they've worked for for their entire life. They may not be going to college. They may not be at that caliber, but this was their last chance. And now you're telling them they can't see their friends. They can't go to school. They can't socialize. They can't see their grandparents. They can't see other family members. They can't travel. They can't do all the things that seniors can do. And you can't do sports on top of that. That's dangerous. And you don't have to get the virus to suffer from it. And that's exactly right. Being told you're not important, you're not essential, you're not needed. Sit over there for a couple of years while we sort it out. That's enough to feel empty. I hope that family can find some comfort. This is Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.